Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everybody. It's a brand new episode of Midnight Snack. It's me, Michelle Collins, and a little sweatsuit today. I'm feeling super cozy. I'm here with a very dapper Dan Acton. Dan, I feel like you're always showing me up lately on the podcast and always very well-dressed. Not at all. Uh, actually, my button just popped off right before this uh, started. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> it's, like, it's good it's to be back. It's good to be back. <laughs> I missed this. I did. So I was really <laughs> sick um, for the past two weeks. I was like yeah. truly down in the dumps. I was homebound, which is never fun. I had to. Oh, it sucks. When you can't leave the house sick, that's like, yeah. I don't remember feeling that way really in a long time. And uh, and I blame the English. I do. I blame it's a country full of people. Everyone here looks like they have a horrible disease already like they all look <laughs> sick when you walk around no i'm just saying when you walk around england okay. everybody kind of looks uh, my joke is that like consumption was born here you know they all just look like they're you know one degree away from 
like a cold sweat and a war nightmare. Like just <laughs> sitting up in bed with a horrible war nightmare. <laughs> They're some of my favorite people. I don't want them to misconstrue. I'm still kind of nasal. I'm better. I just, it, it really messed with my breathing. Um, mm. But yeah, it was like, it was basically, I was in for a week and it was just a week of people delivering bags of food to my door and me just retrieving it like a St. Bernard and then having lunch, <laughs> breakfast, dinner in bed, watching game shows for a whole week. It wasn't the worst way to spend my time. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> What's new? Good. Like I've, I've I've been in London watching game shows. It's uh, ah. uh you know, it's great. <laughs> no, it actually is the best. And there's a channel that shows just like old game shows where, like, if you thought Richard Dawson was bad on Family Feud when it comes to sexual harassment, like half these guys are like fingering <laughs> the contestants. I'm like, this was okay. <laughs> they could just do that in like 1976. There's a game. It is awful. It's I actually hate it. But it's called No Finger, No Finger, No Finger. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, and you have to guess how many digits they're using. Ooh. It's really weird. <laughs> There's a show called Bullseye that I really no. hate. No, genuinely. <laughs> yeah, Dan's mind goes so filthy right away. No, it's called Bullseye. And it's where like men who have just been smoking since birth show up to answer trivia. And it's from the 70s. They show up and then they have to answer trivia questions. And then if they get the questions right, I, by the way, I've barely watched an episode, so I could be getting this wrong. <laughs> then they get to throw darts. It's a it, that is the game. Then they throw darts at a board. It's like, what is this? Anyway, watch that. Um, it's had a great time. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. I know. By I hate the, darts. Oh, what? It is absolutely. You know, you couldn't say that here because they love darts in England. But it, it makes me so unnerving if I see like people playing darts in a movie. I can't. I, I can't stop thinking of somebody like walking and not watching where they're going and walking in front. It freaks me out. I don't like it. Um. It would be funny if in a movie someone did that and then the dart hit like a big mole. <laughs> <Just like right>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, let's write that, Dan. I'm just saying I feel like that would be kind of funny. Um, but I agree. And there was a bar, actually, a college bar that I used to go to up until a year ago. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> called 1020 that was on the Upper West Side. And there was there were darts and just when you hand drunk people weapons, I mean, that's what it is. You're giving yeah. wasted idiots medieval weaponry and, and saying to them, yeah, try to hit that little board over there. Are you, I'm also <laughs> bad at it. So it doesn't help that like right. I suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> I no, want- I think it's really scary. I don't want to do like axe throwing. I don't want to do anything where there's like drinking and like sharp objects. See the axe throwing I've never done either. There's like that's that had a moment too. That was I think it's chuggy now to go axe throwing. But that was like <laughs> that was a thing people used to go on dates and do. They would be like, yeah, let's go throw axes. You know what I don't want? To find someone who can like fling an axe at a very <laughs> specific target area. <laughs> See that thing I destroyed it. I'm like, wow, what is this like super whittled um, wooden skull doing back here? Oh, it's it's a hobby. It's just a hobby. I don't really like to talk about it. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah, I never, you know, no one ever took me axe throwing. What if I was really good at it, too? That's the other thing as a woman, not to fall into gender norms. But what if like I'm like, oh, axe day, like, mm, 
And then you go, and I'm like unbelievable at it. That's the other worst case scenario for me. That I, I'm like, I can really see like after like two seconds of it, you like really getting into it and being competitive <laughs> about it, actually. That's like the most. <laughs> Wait, I know. You can completely see that. A hundred percent. I would actually, they would be, I would be digging my own grave. While the <laughs> while my opponent was going, I would just <laughs> it's like it's like a tag team. One is like digging the grave, the other is throwing the axe. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, that is actually right. That is the fear. Is that like not only would I be so good, but I would get so pissed if I was losing because it's like right. I am quite competitive. <laughs> I am. I don't know why I wasn't an athlete. Like what happened there? My parents probably. I would have been good. Probably. <laughs> I think I sometimes I watch. That is a lie. I'm about to lie. Sometimes I watch <laughs> archery. Like I never watch yeah. archery. <laughs> okay, okay. But I feel like when I s- <laughs> when I see people shooting like a bow and arrow, I'm like, oh, I I feel like I could have been good at that because it's like I have long <laughs> arms and I feel like it would help pull back. You know, oh, my yeah, with the aim. Oh, my, the aim and just also yeah, pulling that thing back. I remember. I think it was Christian Siriano had name drop, name drop number one, if you're keeping score, had a bow and arrow in his backyard. And I was like, I'll try this. And then I wasn't bad <laughs> at it. And I'm like, I would have been a great hunter. I think back in the day, like, don't you think so? If I was like a cave woman, I feel like I would have like ruled the roost. I would be bringing back every dead bird. Like, I just think I would have been really good. That's all. You've gone from being like locked in your room waiting for delivery for every <laughs> single like 10 times a day to be like, yeah, I could support myself through hunting. No problem. I'd be really good at it. I couldn't cook the shit. But I could I could find and kill live game very easily. I actually think that is so funny. Oh my god. I would have been a, I would be such a bad cave woman. I feel like they would have murdered me. I think the, the, they would have just killed me. They'd be like, oh, she's not shot the fuck up. And there were only like eight words back then, you know? I would say the same eight words over and over again. They'd be like, shut the fuck up. Those are four of the words. Chuggy. I'm like, that is so chuggy. It's like a guy making a wheel. I'm like, okay, chugster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I needed this. I missed my little baby Dan. Aw, Dan. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. So Dan has a button just popping off of his shirt. People still damning <laughs> me constantly to date Dan. I wish you all the luck in the world. Um, what else is happening? So yeah, I was like locked in and now I'm just like ready to go have fun. I'm only here for uh, a few more weeks. So I'm like, all right, time's a ticking right. D. But then, like, Do you have what, any uh, mm-hmm. goals that you want to hit? Any targets to hit those <sighs> final weeks? That's a great question. No. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> that is a great question. Let me think. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I feel like, you know what sucks about uh, me and the way that I am is that I know that the second, because I'm going to Miami to see my parents um, from here, yeah. and I know that the second I'm, the plane is like wheels up, I'm going to be like, fuck, <laughs> I wanted to go to that city, like take like a day trip. Like I don't, yeah. I have to motivate myself and I never do this to go on day trips. I was supposed to have two days off of work last week and I wanted to do that one day. But it just never happened. But I feel like, yeah, like I'm going to be like, why don't you do more touristy things instead of just like order fucking Pret and sit here? <laughs> I have a book called The Perfect London Walk. 
that uh, Roger Ebert wrote in the 80s. And I've yeah, always wanted to do it. That's what I'm I looking to for walking <laughs> advice. Great. Well, yeah. whatever. It's like, it seems, <laughs> it seems like a lot of fun. I've read uh-huh. it like twice, but really? I haven't actually done it. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Wait, send it to me. It's a PDF <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or what? Uh, yeah, I'll scan it and send it. <laughs> is it like is it like a page or it's a book? It's a book. Oh. Yeah, because you go and like visit like the homes of this poet or this this like landscape inspired this poetry, and then you traipse across this and whatever. It's Wait, fun. that's fun. I like that. Yes, yeah, send that cool. to me. Yeah. Okay, you know cool. what? That makes me feel excited. See, that's what I mean. That's why I love Dan because I. <laughs> express a need and then he says here's the thing that will scratch that itch and that's why i'll love you forever danny boy i mean it it's like i was in ireland i don't think i've mm. um i don't think i've done the pod because we we ended up repeating an episode last week because i didn't feel oh, well yeah, that's right yeah. no i genuinely couldn't i mean i was a mess uh but ireland was okay i'll say this i was only in dublin my neighbors my pod from lockdown came love those girls right. So we had a nice time, but I was already starting to feel a little sick then testing negative, et cetera. But I was like on the on the way. We went on a day trip to this place called Health. H-O-W-T-H. Health. Health. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Very nice. If you want like a bleak Irish vista, which I feel like that's 90 percent of the country. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like in a big cape. Exactly. Like there were cliffs. It and actually like you can gaze. Yes. Yeah. So much gazing. Yeah. Don't say gaze. <laughs> Not there. <laughs> Not there. Don't do it. It was uh no, it was it was actually a pretty day when we went, but I could see if it were overcast, like a priest who committed a horrible crime looking out in like an indie trailer <laughs> over the you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. or really anyone who committed a horrible crime just like staring out. <laughs> And thinking, <laughs> thinking about what they did. And then we had um, seafood, which, you know, I'm not a huge seafood person, but we, when you deep fry anything, it's like delish. The yeah. one thing I ask, which I feel like is unsophisticated, I have to admit to something. <clears throat> wow. You know, it's funny when this podcast started, I thought, what are we going to talk about? Didn't think it was going to go here, but that's why I love the show because you just never know. So when I was in Spain years ago, a uh, big seafood country, you know, it's all ham yeah. and seafood. And the way that they serve shrimps, which are the cockroaches of the ocean floor. I mean, they are roaches. Crawfish technically are more roachy. I find okay. shrimp quite roachy. I love shrimp. Well, I do too. But like when they bring a lot of shrimp, I always think that's like 500 animals, you know, instead of like one, like when you yeah, get a true. piece there's, of There's a chicken. lot of legs, there's a lot of eyes and yeah, yeah. Right. So exactly. Like when you get a, a chicken breast, you're like that, that's Carl, you know, it's like one guy. But when you get like a bucket of shrimp, you're like there's 7,000 people. In that. Yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, I don't like that. Anyway, so, but I still, of course, love shrimp because I'm normal and but they can't have the heads of the feet or not the feet, but the arms and the head have to be off. Okay. So I used to not ask, I don't know when I took on this childish trait, but now I have to ask if they behead it and like de-arm it before serving it. (laughs) And then they're always like, sometimes they say no. And then I have to be like, can you ask the chef? (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, like any, any sort of, you know, my grandfather used to suck on marrow bones and it was one of the most unpleasant dining. You suck on anything yeah. there, Dan? What are you sucking on? Um, I like all that stuff, but I don't want to suck on it. Right. Like, I love marrow. 
Um, yeah. I love all that stuff. And like chicken wings and cartilage or whatever, but I don't like the, you know, like hunt that way. Like it's funny you it. say that because when I eat chicken wings, that's my teeth like SpongeBob jut out and I like bite yeah. the meat, but I won't clean it. Like when you look at it, if oh, I eat so six you leave wings, the, yeah, uh, exactly. So <laughs> I'll leave like there's still like half the wing is on there. I'll like just right, like, nibble right. like the fun part and be like, goodbye, put it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, this is a great episode so far. I feel like we're absolutely <laughs> killing it. 15 minutes of pure information. Just things people need to know about me. Wait, so you had a shrimp bucket? Oh, right. Thank you. So <laughs> we had, That's right. Why did I talk about this? Seriously, we had the most delicious Irish shrimp. <gasps> they were... Oh. One came in like um, a buffalo sauce, which I know sounds gross. Yeah. They were not deep fried. They were just like sauteed. Mm. delicious but it was so fresh it was beyond and then everything else in dublin it was so expensive there i was actually shocked um more expensive than london believe it or not it was really a lot of money and uh, honestly it's fine it's you know i'm not a guinness person i'm not a big beer girl i don't really drink beer at all and i have an issue with um cities that genuinely exist for alcohol culture so like, okay. a, like oh like New Orleans or something like exactly. That. I mean Dublin has a lot going on, right? Like, but it's like business. It's like international what, business. What business like is that. happening in Dublin? Do tell. Like uh, it's like a European business capital. I'll tell you Isn't this. It? All right. I didn't see a lot of business going on there. I barely saw a <laughs> suit jacket. So I don't know what business Dan is. Monkey business. <laughs> Yeah, funny exactly. business. A lot of funny business. Um, <laughs> I didn't see a lot of business. I saw a lot of very I, the best entertainment because we didn't see obviously like what shows are we going to go see there? You know, can you imagine like I mean, uh, Hamlet, like River Dance? Yeah, exactly. To be yeah. or not to be, that'd be fun actually to see like Irish Shakespeare. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I watched an Irish boy teenager. Um, wasted try to hail a cab for like 15 minutes and they should actually put it on the west end because it was you know martin lawrence used to have a joke you know how much i love martin which was how a motherfucker get this drunk his words and it would like stumble forward and he would then like hop back (laughs) (laughs) you know we didn't talk about last week which i know uh people are waiting for our take the slap. We don't have to talk about oh, it. Brother. I yeah, know. I know. Yeah. I just wanted to I say it so people know that we're current we're a current event show. Okay. I had like a take and then I totally got bored and whatever. I'm over the take. They're, I'm yeah. over the take. I, I really had a take when I um when I woke yeah. up. Because <gasps> I fell asleep. <laughs> you know, I, I was watching the Oscars live. I found like some illegal, I'm sure my laptop is riddled with viruses so that I could watch uh, you know, Questlove won an Oscar. But right, I was right. watching, except I missed that. But now I was watching watching the show, and then Billie Eilish is to me. There's something about her that when I see her, it's like I was hypnotized, like on stage as a joke. Like every time you see her, you're gonna <laughs> fall asleep because. Every time I see Billie Eilish, I swear to you, Elmo, heavy lids, good night and good luck. I'm I'm done. Like it's 
And so she performed her bonds and she's now Oscar winner, Billie Eilish for the record. She's I think eight years old. But when she performed, I was like, I can't, I just can't do it. And I thought I'm done. And I closed the real slap happened when my laptop closed at like 4am or whatever time it was. And I went to bed and I was saying on my radio show the next day, like, thank God actually that I missed it because knowing how I am and you know me, I would not have gone to bed. Like I would have been up. Yeah. The whole night. <laughs> well, I wanted to, I, I still got sleepy. And like, uh, my friend was like, no, you can't go to bed yet because he hasn't, they haven't done the best actor award yet. And that's <gasps> just going to be more drama. So I stayed up for that, but I don't know. The whole thing was, is very weird. Even during the uh, acceptance speech, they kept cutting away. And uh, because like he was dripping or something, like he, he mentioned, like, oh, I just spat or something came out of my nose or something. And they would like cut away. I don't know. The whole broadcast was very, the whole thing makes that, me unbelievably uncomfortable, really. Even now, yeah. like seeing it, I'm just like, I can't do it. But what else is cooking, yeah. Dan? I feel like you give me some updates. The listeners want to know, how are you? Um, good. Uh, well, can I talk about the the screening that I went to this weekend? <sighs> can I say first why he's asking? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I don't know why I run anything by you beforehand. See, it's better if, you know. All well, right. Can on. I just say, I really did not like your tone just then. I hated the- <laughs> Sorry, that's not going to work for me. That tone ain't going to fly. First and foremost, listen, I'm going to say first what it is, then you can talk about it. Dan, and you know how much I love Dan. I just want the listener to know, you know, you're my family. You know that. But Dan sent me a text and, you know, you you usually hit. But there's a part of our Venn diagram as friends that just don't even touch. Like they're just so far, the furthest points of the circle away from each other. That's Dan and me is what this is. So Dan loves like old animation. And I actually love old cartoons because we often, I I love Looney Tunes. You know, I'm a stunted child. Like I love all that stuff, but I don't like they're like I don't like um Steamboat Willie as an example. Like really old animation I hate. Right. Like anything right. that's like creepy Disney, really not a fan. Uh and so, so- <laughs> Dan Sensi, I like that I asked you a question, I'm not letting you talk, but I just have to say what it is. He goes, Hey, uh hey, potential deep dive potter, which is our- <laughs> Which is our nickname for podcast fodder. We call it (laughs) which is actually genius. He just says, I went to a screening of this on Sunday and I I didn't even click on the Wikipedia page and I will in a minute. But it's a pen drawing of um, a a bug eyed. It's an old picture. When was this from? Like 1930? I mean, it's so old. Yes. Yes. Is it really? Uh, it's a pen and ink drawing of a man who has like a Ronald McDonald head and a massive erection um, <laughs> looking at a woman whose legs like Betty Boop basically naked <laughs> with her her bussy spread open. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> this is not this is just not for me. You know, OK, now you take it away. I'm so mad we're talking okay. about it. I was like, so, I don't want to uh, talk about it <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> On Sunday, I went to a, a cartoon carnival of uh, raunchy and risque cartoons from the 1920s and 30s. I hate that. Like, that, to me, and is... 
Yeah, I'm not kidding you that that to me is my room 101. Like you just right now. And actually, I just want to call Dan out because but when I was in New York in October, you were like, hey, want to come with me to this? You know, he tricks me. I'm smarter, though. I know he tries to trick me. He goes, hey, want to come to this? And, you know, I love an event. So I go, oh, send it. And he sent it. And then like cartoon carnival. And it was so much like, I'm not going to this. You know how much I hate shit like this. No. And then you texted me from there. And I was like, oh, is it packed? And you were like, no, I'm the only person. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Okay, now take it away. So now it gets worse. Yeah. So it was in the, in the Roxy Hotel, uh, the, underneath the Roxy, they had a very classic like screening oh, yeah. room. Uh, it was sold out, but I think because it was raining, some people couldn't uh, make it or something. So, you know, it was halfway full. Okay, it's good. Uh, people love to talk back to the screen and um, not not the most witty things. Well, first of all, like, what kind of people? Now, now we're getting into it. It is Potter, folks. Whether you like it or not, it's Potter. <laughs> what kind of people show up? Can I guess the kind of people who show up to this? Yes. Okay. Yes. This is just speaking from the heart and like energy. I'm trying to read it. A lot mm-hmm. of steampunk fanatics. Um, I wish. I mean, oh, that God. has like a little. <laughs> that has a little amount of like style. That actually, the person who runs it is very like cool. Like he has fun kind of cartoon style and a little bit of a steampunk yeah, vibe. No surprise uh, the there. People, uh-huh. Yeah, the people that come are there's like hipsters like me, <laughs> um, and then <laughs> he, he says. <laughs> With his goggles on and top hat and long black yeah, satin my, blazer. Go on. My Willy, my Willy Wonka outfit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, buttons popping left and right. Yeah, continue. <laughs> there's like older animation fans, kind of okay. like Art Spiegelman types of uh, old film people. And uh, then there's like kind of Comic-Con uh, with types but with no uh logos so just like i got you uh overcoats and whatever i swear i thought he was gonna say overweight people i swear to god when you said it, you go comic-con types you know no logos but i didn't say that that's what i thought (laughs) like say that but is that what you meant (laughs) no well i mean all you know all all types were welcome and uh we all had fun uh Although one of the car, some of the car- cartoons were really like fat phobic. It was like the joke really? was just like, yeah, these fat people are trying to lose weight, and here's like a twenty jokes about it. Like it was kind of nasty, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> overall, they they had one like a fake Mickey and Minnie when they were making out. Somebody in the back yells, uh, "That reminds me of me and my girlfriend." <laughs> like that was a joke. I don't know. I had this a great time. Why, this is why I didn't want to talk about it. Just so everyone knows, because I'm staring. I, you know, you know me better than that. <laughs> anyway, it, but it all. So, so you know, it's it's a big program, and then the ultimate, like, final cartoon is the mm. one that I sent you, like the actual uh, X-rated 1930 cartoon. Can I was, read it? Can I read the? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm already. I am laughing because while here's the problem with this thing. <sighs> Here's what it reminded me of. And like, it, this is why maybe I have such a negative association with, I don't know, pornographic cartoons. Because of the <laughs> famous Different Strokes episode when Arnold went over to that molester's house. Oh, Do you remember that? Yeah. And the molester showed him, um, a, of course they did not show it, but it was like a mouse cartoon that was pornographic. I remember there were mice in it. Oh, and no, you're yes, right. I know, because as a child watching that, and I love Different Strokes, I was so... <laughs> horrified at the idea of there yeah. being like a dirty cartoon or the uh, the idea of an adult 
luring a child into their home mm, like let's watch cartoons yeah. and then they're dirty so honestly for me that is that is the association the second you sent it i was like i'm not okay. talking about it but we're doing it so know that when you do yeah. it and this is also from an age where uh cartoons were not created for children whatsoever so no kids gonna watch this it's called buried treasure featuring ever ready harton it's also known as pecker island I can't believe you're making me. I don't. Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. Scorsese's best. My favorite. Exactly. I was going to say my favorite Real Housewives episode of New York, Pecker Island. <laughs> Hi. That's Jill Zarin. So it's from, wow, by the way, can I just give myself credit? I did not, I said 1930. It's from 1929. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm actually, yeah. sorry, I'm going to take a moment. That art history degree coming in handy. Okay, wait. <laughs> It depicts the uh, sexual adventures. I'm so angry. I'm just, I keep every five words, I'm going to have to stop and just think about what brought us here. Ever ready Harton, a pun on ever ready hard on, whose perpetually aroused, comically oversized penis at times detaches and acts on its own. <laughs> ever ready has a variety. Okay. People, you know, I'm uh, after this, I'm not reading anymore. Everybody has a variety of sexual relations with a woman, a man, a donkey, and a cow. Why are you sending this to me? He's on the floor. I'm so mad. I'm so pissed. You saw it. You saw this dumb cow. But he, wow, this is really dirty. He does yeah. use his penis as a third leg at one point. Always a great gag. Gag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Was it filthy? Tell me something, and I'm going to ask a question I definitely don't want the answer to. Okay. Were you aroused at any point? No. Watching? Okay, no, I'm come just on. wondering. <laughs> I, well, why go? I mean, do you think that people watched this in 1929 <laughs> to get off? For sure. No, because it was really funny, and nobody had ever done anything like this. They actually made it secretly, like three cartoon companies. Nobody knows who made it. They made it in secret, like after hours, to give somebody as a birthday present. <laughs> Like an old animator. Ever ready yeah. sees a woman covered up to her shoulders by a big pile of sand. He yes. buries his penis into the pile of sand, <laughs> which falls away, revealing he's actually anally penetrated an old man who was having sex <laughs> with a woman under the sand. If you're a child listening to this pot, we have so many kid fans. I can't believe we have so many kid fans. And I'm being forced against my will he, with some effort, he pulls the penis out, then pounds the bent organ back into shape. <laughs> Dance on the floor. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the cow. I can't talk about this anymore. What else can I, I mean, any other direction, I'm begging. Are you watching anything good? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm. You know what's funny is that I... I feel like I've hit the Truman Show wall of things to watch. I'll tell you what I'm mm. watching that's great. And actually, yes, I do have something to recommend. Um, have I talked about Married at First Sight Australia here? I don't oh, think I, I know have. that you were like covering it, but yeah. Well, yeah. So I got people think I'm hosting an after show. Um, that's so kind. And actually, they were they were so sweet. The Lifetime people, they reached out to be like, hey, um, we're doing this April Fool's joke where we're going to do a celebrity married at first sight and we want you to host it. Can we use your name? And I was like, yeah, of course. And then I realized yeah. like on April 1st that the only TV gigs I'm getting now are on April Fool's. 
was like, mm, let me think that one through. Not sure. And I actually saw someone tweet, I forget who, tweet about like, uh, FY, which I thought was bitchy, like FYI, for those people um, tweeting that they are working on a job like on April Fool's. Uh, okay, joke's on you. And I'm thinking, no, I know. What? What? Like, <laughs> yeah, you agree to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Anyway, long story short, yes, Married at First Sight Australia uh, is, I'm just going to put it out there. I think it is one of the best reality shows ever. Now, if you know the concept, which in uh, the concept, obviously, is kind of what it sounds like, it's an arranged marriage. I'm not going to lie, the experts they hire here in America, one of the experts, her name is Dr. Pepper Schwartz. And I. <laughs> I can't. That's Potter. <laughs> I'm Dr. Potter Schwartz. If she's Dr. Pepper Schwartz, it's she's terrible. They they're so bad at matching. And there's always that question. Are they matching for love or are they matching for TV? And you have to oh, assume yeah, they're matching for TV, obviously. Yes, of course. Of yeah. course. So anyone who goes on it now and again, they actually do make um, love matches. Like there are times where people have babies and they really fall in love with each other. Yeah, uh, I would say that the American one this season is not great. Just being upfront, so you know that I'm not like being paid by the man to lie to you. Mm. The Australian one, which I have gotten like advanced episodes, I basically I'm going to rewatch the season, but I've basically seen the whole thing. I'm not just saying this; it is one of the most entertaining reality shows I've ever seen in my life. Number one, really? because they pair the best looking people. I actually don't understand why Australians are so hot. What is that? Uh, a lot of outdoor activity, a lot of sun. They're the uh, most attractive. Like, I don't think America could make the Australian version because not enough hot people would sign on. Even what show would you say has yeah. like the hottest people? I guess maybe Love Island here, maybe The Bachelor, you would say. But The Bachelor, yeah, it's so boring after a while. It's the same yeah. square jawed, quote unquote, honk, right? And then the same blonde girl, same face. Like, there's no variety. The Australian one, Lots of variety, all hot. Like there is literally not one right, bad looking right, person right. on the show. And they're all like half of them are so dumb. They are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, oh, yeah, there's one guy. Oh, my God. He's so cute. Al, you would shit for Al. Al is hot as shit. He is so dumb. Damn. And they're at the first dinner party where all the couples get together. So basically they marry off these couples who meet at the altar. Like, they're the yeah. bride walks down, they lay eyes on each other, and then they, of course, the cameras, get a behind-the-scenes reaction, like, oh, so, wh what'd you think of your broad? What'd you think of your groom? And right, like, right, right. Oh, yeah, well, um, you know, I usually date taller men. I usually like men who are, like, 6'2 and up, but, um, you know, I guess I'll <laughs> give it a try. Uh, for the... It, they are never happy. Usually the guys love the women and the women are like, oh, yeah, he's all right. It's not really what I go for. <laughs> I, I usually go for the bad boy, but, you know, I'm willing to give it a try every time. <laughs> but then it's amazing because what the show does is they get all this shit talking from the couples about each other. There's so much infighting amongst the couples. It's not just um, individual romance or no romance they fight amongst each other at these dinner parties <laughs> and they're the funniest they're they're it's it's literally the best show i don't know what else to say about it other than there's not a boring moment but then there are episodes where they show the couples all the behind the scenes footage like what the other people were saying about them oh my god you can shit it's like at the very end which obviously the show is airing for many many weeks but at the very end um <clears throat> 
they show like, oh, let's let's look at footage like from the beginning of your journey. Yeah. And ugh, they're so brutal about each other. <laughs> and they have to sit with these people that they've almost all of them have consummated the marriage. You know, they're all most of them. Well, I don't want to ruin it because actually there are some like real connections. There is a girl on it. I'll just say this. I don't want to give anything away. Her name is Olivia. Yeah. She's, um, I'll say this, that she was a heavier girl who lost a lot of weight. And I actually think that normally people who have gone through a weight loss change like that are usually very kind because they've seen it from the other side where they have mm. been, you know, maybe insecure in their old bodies or perhaps they are. I think in her case, she was insecure. She lost weight. She's a pretty girl but she's still so deeply insecure. Like the weight loss, you know, sometimes, not sometimes, when yeah. you get gastric, I shockingly have not, but I, I have friends who have. You also have to go to therapy. You can't just get it and like live your life. Oh, oh, that makes Be sense. That's interesting. It makes sense. Yeah, because it's I a big change, so. yeah. Huge change and also exactly how to deal with this new person you're going to be, people treating you differently, you know, all of these things. Mm. I don't know if, uh, I don't think she had gastric, but I doubt that she's been to ther a therapist because she's such a bitch. <laughs> She's a bully. It is. It's some of the greatest TV I've ever seen. So that's my wreck. <laughs> I'm gonna start start tonight. Actually, you can wait. Honestly, right? you. Ha I'm not kidding, Dan. It, look yeah. at my face. It would make me so happy. <laughs> I will Demon. forgive you. I will forgive you for ever ready hard on. If you start watching Married <laughs> at First Sight Australia, you recommended to me a few weeks ago, and I want to watch that tonight. Um, Queer Eye Germany. Do you want to give a quick yeah. pitch for it here? It's Queer Eye Germany. It's just another version of Queer Eye, but the styling is so different for the queer eyes. The The main guy has, or the main person has like kind of long black claws and like kind of a really like exaggerated style. It's a little um, intimidating, maybe. Uh, I thought you were going to say it's a little... Um, old timey sex cartoon festival. <laughs> <laughs> it really harks. It really harks back to uh, the Last ever ready Harden days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Um, I just find it very. They're just a little bit more severe and serious, and it's still heartwarming because they're like helping uh, this, you know, single father, you know, whoever they're helping. But uh, the I, I just found it funny visually to uh, see these like. Uh, the German version of the queer eye. I would think that the idea of having those uh, people just yelling at you in German about your bad style, <laughs> I would think would be like traumatizing. Um, all right. Are you watching Julia? No, but here's my question. Is it a documentary with her, actually her, or do they have an actress playing her? No, it's an actress. It's enjoyable, but the more I look, like I was, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking it up and it's quite fictionalized. Like they make all the, the, you know, it has a lot of like modern ideas of like the, uh, the straight man that's going to try to put her down or whatever. And I looked up, I was like, Oh, is, was everybody really such an asshole at her at PBS? And it's like, no, they loved her. They, they loved her book. They were like, yeah, it was just, they have, they're creating conflict, but it's fun to watch. Uh -huh. You get to look at copper pots, which I love. Oh, that is your uh, thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Half the cast of Frasier is on it. So uh, stop right there. I'm literally yeah. in is um, Eddie on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did they, they dig him up? Yeah, yeah. They cook yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan, I'm just pissed because, like, as an amazingly um, professionally trained actress, 
who happens to be tall. There are so few parts for women like me. And the fact oh, that they didn't yeah. even call me, my agents <laughs> did not even send the Julia script over. I feel like physically I'm a perfect match. Like there, how many? Can you say, mm-hmm. can you do the voice? I say really, something like, I really can don't we like- outro as, as Julia? <laughs> This is a trap. And no. And also, you know that if I did that, I would sound exactly like Mrs. Doubtfire. There's like no question it would go into Doubtfire territory. So I'm not going to do it. But um, for a check, I would for like a real check, not podcast money. You know what I mean? Like money. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's set up a collection. Yeah. <laughs> Got to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Cash app, Dan. Uh, and you can hear my killer Julia Child impression. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. No, that's basically it. That's all I got. I'm just happy to be feeling better. And yeah, and I agree with you. I send me that Roger Ebert walking tour. I will. Poor guy. Poor Roger. Well, Dan, I uh, I'm just so happy that I got this chance to catch up with you and you know, on a completely superficial level, look at you and just hear <laughs> you. Um, and really, uh, I just adore you. You know, I do. I love you too. Love you. To, uh, see you. Great to chat with you. Uh, if you want, you can hit on Dan on Instagram. Oh. It's at Dan underscore Acton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stop damning me about Dan. Everyone's always like, oh, is Dan on the apps? I'm like, why ask Dan? Like, why are you asking me <laughs> if he's on the apps? Um, which he is. So that's yeah. it. Uh, I'm so excited for our guest. Let's get right to it. You know, this guest, I don't really know well, but I feel like I know you. We've only chatted for, what, 60 seconds? And I'm not just saying this. Like, I already feel connected. I feel a connection. I'm going to go there. Uh, You're making me laugh. Your smile is so incredibly bright. He has a podcast. It's a hit. It's called I Said No Gifts! Exclamation point. Um, New episodes are out every Thursday, the same day that my podcast has new episodes. So I think people can listen to both plenty of hours in the day. And um, he joins us live from what I'm going to guess is his Los Angeles kitchen, Bridger Weiniger. Bridgies, tell me everything. You're adorable. How are you? Uh, Michelle, I'm doing okay. We're, you know, continents apart. I know. Because... <laughs> We're like, I'm like the Sydney Olympics to your like New York diving fan. You know, when you're just like, what time is diving on? I don't understand. <laughs> like figuring out because it's morning by you, but it's evening here. And it's um, yeah. it's kind of a mindfuck. And you have, uh, I mentioned this earlier, kind of a beautiful candlelight glow as we're speaking. Uh, it may be a, an artificial light, but it looks like you've just lit like a candelabra. Yes. My lighting guy is um, Vermeer, the painter, and he comes in here <laughs> and he just, that's an art history joke for you out there. He just puts a warm glow on me. It's hard to light this place because uh, this is so relatable, Bridger. Uh, in the long stay hotel that I'm at, um, the overhead lighting genuinely gives me like insidious monster face like i look so awful but then there's one like desk lamp basically that does this for me so here we are oh you don't you don't look good under uh overhead lighting no i look you know i'm just gorgeous under (laughs) overhead lighting i think everyone can agree that that's you get a light directly overhead maybe something kind of bluish uh you're going to look (laughs) stunning you're gonna feel good about yourself 
Do you ever go, why is this always me whenever I go to the movies, which I haven't in a while, I always get the one seat that's under the brightest light. You know how there's like one bright light? <laughs> I was like, why am I under the bright light seat? Like always. Just this theater demon. <laughs> that's a good name for a show. We should pitch that theater demon. The theater demon. <laughs> Just kind of a knockoff phantom. Exactly. That's so funny. Bridger, I have to be honest. I find you unbelievably charming and funny. Oh, I want to know you as a friend, as a person. I, you know, I don't even know where to begin with these questions, but what gets you out of bed? What is the goal for Bridger Weiniger? What do you want in life? Uh, I mean, literally what gets me out of the bed in the morning, it's become actually strangely easy to get out of bed. I My body just wakes up at 645 and I'm ready to drink coffee and read. Wow. I feel... That's like the one well-adjusted thing in, that I do in my life that I feel like that, like somebody who really knows what, how to live their life, I've, I'd be like, oh yeah, they probably wake up in the morning and have a pleasant time. That's the one part of my day that feels normal and then the rest of it's chaos. It's not normal. And actually I'm shocked that you would open with such a brag answer. Like it, I asked- well, That's the only thing I can brag about. It, I'm like, wow, Bridger. Okay. I guess I don't know you well. Um, that answer- <laughs> betrayal you really w- Ugh, 645 is too early for me if i have it if it's up to me and now it is like 8 a.m i usually wake up 7 a.m feels healthy it's it's not awful but i go to bed are you not a night owl i go to bed so late and uh, so when you say late what are you talking about um honestly now with wordle you know i wait till midnight for wordle to <laughs> You're a midnight Bridge. wordle person. I'm a morning wordle person. Oh, no, I like it right at night. I like the brain to be a little fuzzy and uh, I like to feel like relaxed. So I probably go to bed around 1 a.m. every night. Okay. Yeah, I'm in bed at like 1130. So cute. What's your bedtime? <laughs> I used to be a real night owl. What's your bedtime ritual routine? Like, do you like mine is wordle. Then I play something called nerdle, which is a math wordle that I'm very good at. I tried, I looked yesterday, I opened Nerdle and immediately closed. Really? I thought this is, there is, my my brain is not remotely qualified to be doing this sort of, I, I just the directions alone, I was like, what am I supposed to be doing here? No, thank you. I'm, I'm walking away. <laughs> For those who don't know it, it's basically Wordle with numbers, but it's so it's, they have a plus minus multiplication and divide sign zero through nine and then like nine spaces, I think. And you have to plug in what the equation is and figure it out in six guesses. I've yet to lose. I've always guessed what, what it is. That's not in the first, sometimes in like the second or third, but I will always get it. I know it's it's a strange thing. Were you good at, at math in high school? Because I'm a woman, I told myself I wasn't. And right. genuinely, like I actually was, I've always been better at math. Like on my SATs did better on the math section, but um. I took an AP statistics class my senior year because mm, it was here like, we go. easy, here we go. You're going to hate this story. By the way, do you like how it's um, a show where I'm interviewing you and you've said nine words total? It's like Terminator. He's getting paid per <laughs> word. <laughs> um, after this story, n- that's it out of me, listener. I, just want, I came on this podcast with one goal and that was to know Michelle's math history. So... <laughs> 
Well, I'm going to hang up after this. Lucky you. (laughs) No, but I took this class and the teacher was like really dumb. I mean, I don't mean to like neg our teachers because we had one hot as shit math teacher. Shout out to Mr. Bachmeyer. Possibly a Nazi. (laughs) Possibly. I don't know who, if he was married. Very um, refines in Schindler's energy. Like if you got the calculus question wrong rifle from the tower it was over but he (laughs) and I shared something and I didn't take his class but my statistics teacher thought my name was Colleen because my last name was Collins that's how right right so he'd be like Colleen and I'm like who is he (laughs) I would just be like sitting there and he'd think I'm like you know slow um and this went on for two months and then I stopped going to class and I failed AP statistics wow I just stopped going because of Colleen Colleen that's right you so don't know I'm bad at vibe at all. Thank you. That's a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> it's absolutely a compliment. I mean, no shame to Colleen's out there. We all we love our Colleen's, but I have to say, we, I do love my friends named Colleen. That's a real thing. But I'm not a Colleen. I feel like a Colleen is someone you can really count on in a pinch. Well, now I'm offended. You know, before I thought, <laughs> hold well, on a minute. Is, again, I could count on you, but I feel like occasionally I'd be like, well, Michelle was running late. That's fine. I'm but, always you know, you late. Count on Michelle. Uh, oh, you are. Always. Oh, are you surprised? Wait, you didn't even finish. I'm always late. I'm an asshole. Oh boy. I'm a piece oh. of shit. It's my one flaw. We all have one. Mine is I'm perfect physically, mentally, but I'm I will run 15 to 20 minutes late. I've gotten better though. Now I'm at 10. I really have tried to. 10's not bad. Yeah. 15. You. I mean, it's a now a different appointment. I'm really working on it. It's I don't take it for granted. I know it's bad and I know it's a bad quality. So for my friends out there, the two that are left, because I think that it's affected my friendships. But wait, you're up at 645. You got your coffee. Now what? Uh, I'm reading. I'm eating some sort of protein bar. Uh, then I'm into my Wordle. Right. And then I'm into my Hurdle. Have you played Hurdle? I'm not good at Hurdle. See, that's where we that's where our things but, part. L- Look, Hurdle is an imperfect game. I think it could be a perfect game. And as uh, someone who listens to a lot of music and loves music, I think there are a lot of flaws in the Hurdle game. But I put up with it. Is it the fact uh, that if you guess an artist, they'll just give you the songs and you can just pick? That's one of the things yeah. where it's just like there's a cheat already. Uh, the song selection, I don't know who's doing it, but it feels not great. It doesn't. Feel, it should be more all over the map. And it feels kind of just like, a very bland person is making these choices. I agree. It's very uh, sorority playlist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I'm not good and at it. I feel like somebody needs to do a hurdle where you like play it with friends uh, and then like friends pick the songs within the hurdle for each other. Uh, I'm going to develop this app. Nobody take that from me. I feel like it could be a good time. By the way, it's been stolen. I'm so sorry. It's been two You're minutes. Kidding me. It's just some, someone just stole it wait is this really an idea I think what is so. it though but can I'm you make so money mad. can you make money off of it bridger do you think oh this was my retirement <laughs> no oh, no. He- well i mean i'll play that game if somebody tells me what it is oh my but gosh i'm also pissed uh, but wait but so then yeah. you go you have your wordles and then are you, you look quite fit do you work out in the morning? Oh, that's very nice of you. I don't work out every morning. I go, there's a gym I go to in Silver Lake once a week for half an hour. Wow. That uh, they make you work out so hard that you feel like you're going to throw up. Mm-mm. Not a good that. time. Uh, 
but it's kind of the only way I can do any type of fitness. I didn't work out until I found this place. And it's like, okay, a half an hour a week, that's horrible. Sure, I can do it. And now I work out uh, once or twice a week at home, but like easy. But only because of the pandemic. Like I had to yeah. learn to work out at home. Is this like so, a Barry's boot camp or like an Orange Theory kind of a place? I don't know what those places do. This I'll kind of I'll quickly explain how this works. It's a husband and wife team. They're both wonderful. Um, they you go in. They have like five setups, like weightlifting setups. Uh, you just go through cycles of like six. Uh, different exercises, I guess, that are basically weightlifting. Uh, and you try to do them as many times as you can. And wow. I'll do like maybe five to six reps of each thing in a half hour and then go out and just heave on the curb. Uh, just <laughs> And then like my arms just are noodles. I like am a dangerous driver. I like oh, no. the whole way home. I'm just like, I can barely hold the steering wheel. And then uh, I feel nauseous for a few minutes and then move on with my life. I haven't worked out like that. in. I used to have, when I lived in LA, I had a trainer. But I lived in the poor part of West Hollywood. I call it East West right. Hollywood, like near La Brea. And um, I had a trainer who... Uh, I was... I had a thing where I can't breathe heavy in front of people. Like, unless it's like... <laughs> Like, I find it almost sexual to, like, pant. Like, I don't know how to... It is sexual. It Deeply is. Deeply sexual. <laughs> <laughs> the most sexual thing of all. Let's just say it. No, I think I was so... I was so, like, embarrassed to, like, lose physical control. And also maybe that I was, like, not in the shape I wanted to be in. So anytime you put me on the treadmill... And we were, like, friendly, but I would say, you have to leave the room. Like, I... So I would do it by my... I would make him leave <laughs> because I would be out of breath. And it's humiliating to pant in front of someone i just couldn't oh incredibly it's embarrassing. awful yeah and that's when I why work i don't out work home, out. I, mm-hmm. I close the door and if i my boyfriend can't see me if he comes in i yell at him it's embarrassing it, it's, it's too very much shameful it's shameful and it's um for me i would say it's like the rawest outside of like sexual uh intercourse oh yeah it is uh, which is also embarrassing from time to time of right course. like I, you get it <laughs> and that's so, the great secret of humanity is how embarrassing sex is. It's, it's humiliating right but you're at like your most intimate raw self to me that's the gym just in like extra large workout pants like there's yeah you very just little... to be in an unflattering outfit <laughs> exactly like i just <laughs> i have PTSD from the gym, even from when I was like kind of a not chubby, but I was never I was never chubby, but never skinny, you know, kind of kid. And I joined a gym in Miami where I grew up and I would go. I was like 13 years old and I'd walk in and it was like these big guys and like everyone, you know, the women on the treadmills oh. and everything. And I was like, why? This is not for me. And I have I also sprained my ankle once in um, middle school gym or high school gym doing double dutch. I try I attempted it. Oh, it fell. yeah, of course. That's a real ankle ankle risk. It was over. I got wheeled out of the gym. Where are you from? Are you Southern? You have a very kind way about you. Uh, oh, that's very sweet. Uh, I'm from Utah. I'm from really? Salt Lake City. Yes. Tell me everything. Uh, tell me what you want to know. I'm, I'm an open book. I mean, was your family religious, obviously, is the first question. My family's, yeah, my family's Mormon. I was raised Mormon uh, and then I'm no longer Mormon, largely do to being gay. Uh, you know, their their opinion on homosexuality is fluctuating and constantly in the wrong direction. Uh, really? The Mormon church is just a real rough uh, place, uh, place for homosexuality. Are, so, is your family still in the church? 
Yeah, my parents are. Uh, a lot of my extended family is. Uh, one of my siblings is. Uh, and they're all wonderful. We all get, we really get along. I didn't come out until I was 30, though. Wow. So it was like, it was a real long road to that. Uh, but then my parents were lovely about it. And it was shocking. You know, that's very nice to hear because I think the stereotype is like anybody in that level of religion where it kind of dictates, you know, your waking life oh, yeah. um, would not be easy to accept a child. Right. I mean, I, kn- who's gay. Like, yeah. I knew kids who like had to go to conversion therapy, all that really? shit. So like there was just a lot. I mean, the Mormon reactions to it can really vary in the worst way. So for oh, my no. parents to be like pretty good almost right off the bat was lovely well i'm wondering also when you watch uh the real housewives of salt lake city and i know that you do bitch sesh and you're so funny on it by the way you're brilliant i love those gals no they're the best um genuinely they're two of my favorite people and all i want for them is to like me can i just put that out there like the only (laughs) thing i want is for casey and danielle to like love me that's it (laughs) No That's offense the key to, to you. Getting people to like you. So just, what? just demand. The key to getting people <laughs> to like you is just demand it publicly. Beg them. Oh, that's how I get most of my your friends and lovers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It hasn't worked well for me, but I'm ready to give it a shot in this. Case. I feel like you belong right in this world. Oh, that's nice. I feel like the three of you would be a best of friends. No, I've done their show. I just, I really adore them. But going back to Salt Lake City, see, to me, that show, and obviously Heather is out of the church. Is it that right. people who are like deeply in the church would never do a reality show? Is is that like against the Bible? I don't, I don't think they would, uh, wouldn't do it. I think like uh, it would just be, they would be very particular about what sort of reality show they would do. I mean, uh, what's his name? That American Idol guy, uh, David Archuleta was Mormon, right? Oh my God, little David. uh, And just recently I was reminded of the real world New Orleans, Julie, uh, she was Mormon. Really? I never knew that. I also also just recently learned that she was supposed to be on one of the 9-11 flights. So that's an interesting little fact. I don't know (laughs) why she's suddenly part of my uh, landscape, but a friend brought up that show and it's like, oh, I remember Julie went on a whole Wikipedia thing. Apparently she got in an argument with her boyfriend on 9-11 and then didn't get on the flight. Hold on a minute. Okay, I have a few things to say. He's already laughing. There is um, there's a group of people that for me, like I believe 9-11 is real, but I have a loose change theory about those whose alarms went off late. You know how many people were like, <laughs> there are all these people who somehow got in on 9-11 where they were just like, oh my God, like I was supposed to be in Tower 2 and my Casio, my electricity went out and my Casio alarm clock didn't go off and I lived. <laughs> there were all these people and I'm like, there's just no way this, I mean, to be fair, it was a very early, horrible, horrific, you know, worst thing probably right, in my course. lifetime that I've ever seen. But like, I don't know, there is something about the people like, oh, Julie got in her fight with her boyfriend and Mr. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is the thing to me is I would never miss a flight. I, and maybe that'll be my downfall. But the yeah, idea of somebody missing, a, like, what's happening to your in your life that you miss a flight? That's a big like for me. I'm like weeks in advance setting alarms. I'm yeah. preparing everything to not miss the flight. Something has to, I would like would have to give birth to miss a flight. So for, I, I agree. And as a late person, let me just say I'm the same way. There's two things I won't be late for, like theater tickets. So I like to be yes. early to a movie or mm-hmm. show. Oh, thank you. Oh. No, I don't like that's that so stresses nice me out. I can't show up late to a live show. That that to me is like 
I have respect, you know, for the actors, but also (laughs) for, you're welcome, planes. But I have to tell you, I was in Dublin last week. Um, Was it last week? Two weeks ago, because I was sick as a dog last week. Two weeks ago. Where do you think I got it? Birthplace of consumption, obviously. But (laughs) leaving, which, you know, you would think people leaving Dublin, like how bad would the airport be? It's it's a smallish city, small country. The what's happening, Google it if you haven't seen this and who has what is happening at the Dublin airport. Half of their staff has called out for COVID. Okay, so half their staff is home sick as a a dog. They're just absolutely (laughs) flattened from it. And then the other half um, are there, but they all are like basically leprechaun skeletons in uniform, like taking your, they're scanning every bag looking for gunpowder. I'm like, has there been a horrible terrorist attack in Dublin? Why are they so paranoid about what's happening here? And I was the last person on my plane. I had to, it was like dumb and dumber style. Like I ran and they let me on. A nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, to be the last person on a plane is so embarrassing. Oh it's just like I'm so sorry, everyone. I mean, I, I'm only imagining this because it's never been me and never will be. Uh, but uh, the <laughs> idea of being the last person on a plane is horrifying. There is everyone a, gets to take a look at you. There is a funny like United ninety three follow up of the person of Julie who missed the flight. Like there should be a movie made about her. <laughs> Like just yes. fighting with her boyfriend and being like, babe, I would marry that man. If I got into a fight oh, with my you boyfriend, saved you saved my fucking life, babe. Like, it's over. Sweet. Real Housewives, Salt Lake City. Talk to me. Yes. Thank you for bringing us back Please. because this is the important issue, actually. <laughs> Go on. Let's talk uh, SLC. You're obviously watching it. Uh, every episode, of course. Are you uh, loving it? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like what was sad about this last season was that it started off arguably is one of the best housewife seasons ever, like sprinter van arrest, et cetera. And it kind of, by the end, tapered a little bit. But Lisa really brought it back to me. Thank God they got her in that bedroom. I Uh, mean, the jinx. The jinx. Absolute just audio ghoul. Uh, (laughs) That was so scary to listen to. Um, Yeah, I, uh, I, I know a lot of people have had complaints about it, and I guess that makes sense. They started at such a high, which initially felt like a good move. But then it's like, we got nothing to build to here. We've already seen the most exciting thing you could possibly have on this show. Right. Uh, outside of like some, one of them murdering the other one. Uh, so then the rest of the... Look, I think I have home team bias. This is truly as close to professional sports as I'm ever going to get, where I'm like, oh, I now know what it feels like to root for your home team. Um, I loved every moment of it. You know, it's funny you say that because as someone from Miami and I watch Real Houses of Miami, it's the opposite for me where I like shun them because I'm just so (laughs) embarrassed. And they all remind me of girls I went to high school with. Okay, but like, are we going to go to dinner or what? But stop (laughs) yelling at me. Okay. It's like the way that they speak everything. Is that not right? It's a, all right, Bridger. So what? It's, I mean, it's every fucking girl I went to high school with. It's so annoying. So I actually kind of shun them, but I could see where you're proud of your ladies. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Let's, I guess it's maybe not quite pride because, they, I mean, nothing these uh, women uh, is doing is uh, something you should be proud of. But uh, there's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, I'm, I'm fighting for them. I'm loving that they uh, are so trashy and, uh, it's just nice to see somebody get 64 ounces of Diet Coke and just kind of cruise around eating Del Taco or what have you. When she's literally 85 pounds on a... <laughs> well, it's because she's deeply malnourished. Okay. 
<laughs> That's true. Yeah, but I should also be because all I also do is eat garbage. And I am so <laughs> overly, what's the opposite of malnourished? I'm so you, nourished. You do not look malnourished. You look like a healthy person. No, like, I'm saying I'm nice overly flow. nourished. Look at your hair. I mean, yeah. it's shimmering. I do have nice at Lisa Barlow's hair is probably I think it's falling out in patches. (laughs) That whole family is going to get scurvy. They are so I mean, the three men in that house all look deeply sick. Sick. Her husband really does. You're right. Scarecrow. He has the face of a man. We had a guy in our neighborhood growing up. We called him the running man because he never stopped running. Like it was like, obviously he wasn't normal. And I think he died young, but he just was always running, running, running. And I feel like Lisa's husband has the energy of a man who never stops running in the neighborhood. He's like so (laughs) sinewy. He's like bodies exhibit. You know, there's barely skin left on him. Like he's just exposed flesh veins and eyeballs he, he has very uh that energy or like lurking in an alley like just yes. like you glimpse him in a shadow it's very <laughs> jack the ripper put like a top hat on him and he's uh covered in ash yeah he's a that's a scary family it but is it's a, because of their diet it's God, I not, love a Taco it's Bell. It's not though. a normal way to eat. Of course. We love that uh, crunchy taco. Oh, uh, the crunch is my least favorite, funny enough. Oh, I go crunch really? wrap first. Crunch wrap supreme, Oh, interesting. Babe. Okay. Um, that gets a little gummy for me. Can I be honest with you? I feel like you just gave away that you literally never go to Taco Bell. By picking the crunchy taco what? first, I feel like that's a what? tell. It's their classic. You can get the, it's like 89 cents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I don't get it. I'm not paying less than a dollar for red meat. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> the crunch is like four fifty nine. I'm like, now we're getting somewhere. This is like, no, see, this is the problem. You don't want to pay. These companies are made to be cheap. So when you start getting into those upper levels, they're dealing with ingredients they're not familiar with they're doing things that they're the produce is not quite where it should be <gasps> You're wrong uh, oh are you wrong <laughs> wow I, I didn't think we'd be fighting what is it how many minutes into this are we 23 <laughs> minutes in our first fight wow <laughs> uh but no crunchy taco all the way and it's actually crunchy which like at a you know a taco bell the crunchy taco is not going to be crunchy it's soggy well that's Sorry, my taco point bell. oh we're talking about del taco oh interesting Wait. i was saying taco bell Wait, and I, I was hearing Del Taco. Okay, wow. yes. Because I have a, a selective hearing with uh, fast food tacos, I guess. You were also one of the stars of the Del Taco Marathon. That's an improv joke for those who <laughs> think you. And that's our time. All right. that's I'm going to wrap on the Del Taco. Now joke. we're going to get into a fight. <laughs> I would hate to fight with you. Can I just say, like, the idea, even though I don't know you well, the idea of you having any negative feelings toward me, why am I so needy right now, <laughs> would kill me. It would kill me dead because you. I can see that you're sweet. I just, you have a... Oh, I don't know about that. Is that true? Can you shit talk? Oh, I love nothing more. Okay, so here we go. Let's do it. I'm ready. Wasn't a, if this was not a public record, I would just be, I would have a list of names I wanted to talk about. Really? I'm willing to pause oh, the recording. It. I would love to hear it. I'm curious. Do you have, let me ask you this. Are there people, I'm trying to phrase this in a way where like I give nothing away and also, but it's a good question. In the business we work in, and you're mm-hmm. a very successful guy. You've written for uh, Kimmy Schmidt, which is one of the funniest shows ever. One love of that the best show. Shows, uh, lovely show. Uh, one of the funniest. Black Monday, great show. Um, Jimmy Kimmel Live, which I believe is like probably the best late night show. Don't tell my friends at Gordon. Jimmy has earned it. 
No, really, really funny. Um, but our business is the most toxic. Not even forget, forget me too for one second, if you can. Just amongst the jealousies between people and the the rat race energy of everyone thinking like this is the last job on earth. If I don't get this job, I will not be able to feed my children Del Taco Bell. Okay, just for the purposes of this thing. Um, and it really, I think. It's one of the reasons personally why I have like kind of tried to carve a path where I like don't have to deal with too many people because to do your own thing. It's so much easier. Do you find you don't that have to as deal well? With stone cold psychopaths all the time. Thank you. Uh, I mean, there's I cannot imagine another industry with more true psychopaths. It's like it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. And it's horrifying because you watch them succeed and you just like have to sit by and be like, uh, every few months, I'll be talking to friends and I'll be like, maybe I just need to be more of a psychopath. Right? Maybe I need to lean into being a psychopath. I Like, uh, that's the key to success in Hollywood. Wait, actually, okay, we're back. Fight over. Because <laughs> I have had that exact conversation with my, because of course, I do have friends who are in the business who I love. And we right. sit there and I don't mean to shit on anyone. And I've actually realized it's taken me like 40 years to genuinely put my bitterness aside. I'm not even joking. Five years oh, ago. I don't blame you. Oh, truly. Now I'm in I'm in a good place. I'm happy. I like my life. So I'm like, you know, I'm over it. But it is genuinely physically painful sometimes to look at certain people. And we're not maybe we're talking about the same people, but people who will step on your dead body. They will step on your body's exhibit corpse to get ahead. They'll grind it into Del Taco meat. <laughs> 89 cents, baby. That's <laughs> Mine would be like 99, I feel. I would like one extra time. There'd be so much meat. Oh, you should, people should be so lucky to be in a plane crash with me in like a frozen tundra. They would eat for months. I'm like the ideal person to be stuck on a downed plane. Anyway, um, I'm happy to hear that you feel that way too, Bridger, really. Oh, it's it's just a constant battle. And then you're like... Uh, you're confronted by them on Instagram, on Twitter. Like, there's no escaping. I'm sure in the 90s, the psychopaths, of course, they were all over the industry, but you didn't have to deal with them that often. You didn't yeah. have to even think about them that often. Now, there's no escape. We're yeah. all trapped in some sort of horrible bunker with just these meaty. I mean, wait, am I one of these horrible. people? <laughs> Michelle, I came here. Um, you just said meaty. Two reasons. <laughs> The first was the math history and the second was to let you know that you're a complete psychopath and the entire industry knows it. By the way, there's no doubt that there are people who think that. But the truth is, like, I keep to myself. I don't I don't have that reputation. Do I? Psychopath? No, no absolutely. Oh, not. God, I would just oh, die. give me a break. No, I mean, I listen, I'm on antidepressants. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. I started those in the pandemic. I think that helps. I love them. I've got to get love. into it. Do you think you need it? Yes, I, I absolutely do. I, uh, I'm like, but again, finding a finding a, ther- uh, I just have stopped seeing a therapist. I've got to find another. I've got to find a psychiatrist. It's such a thing to go through. No, it's. I mean, it's actually hell on earth, and I don't have health insurance, which I know you're absolutely oh. shocked as an American that I don't. Um, so I just pay this woman five hundred bucks a month, literally, which is cheaper wow. than if I had insurance to just write scribble these she's nice i like her and if you want her info i'll send it but she just scribbles scrawls off these prescriptions i'm like thanks yeah yeah i've got uh, mental health it's uh not easy to get into they don't make it easy to uh find a professional 
or health for me, like physical yeah. health. Oh, no, no, no. It's all a nightmare. Did you ever wait? Because you live in L.A. When I lived in L.A., I was a member of Kaiser Permanente. Oh, sure. Were you ever part of that little uh, scam? Yes. I. Uh, is that the same as Cedars? That's one of the funniest questions I've ever heard in my life, because to me, Cedars is like the Hermes Birkin bag of hospitals. Like the idea of go- when I have friends who get sick and they're like, oh, I'm going to Cedars. I'm going, uh, OK, Richie Rich, like you don't need to brag. I get it. I get it. You've got money. No, it is not the same as Cedars. Kaiser. And actually, they weren't bad. It was like uh, you bought into their system. It was almost like a public health thing. But then you could oh. only go to their hospitals and only use their medical professionals Oh, but it was like all Scientologists. That was the thing about it. You would go and it was always like, I can't explain it. There was something up Wait, with is it. Is Kaiser, do they have a facility right by the big blue Scientology? They sure do. Right across the street. Okay. This yep. makes sense. Mm-hmm. This makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm now a proud, uh, I go to what's known as Keck Medicine USC and I can't say enough about their facility. I, there's so many keck jokes I can make and I'm genuinely my brain ground Thank to a halt and I'm not going to say them. <laughs> She's smoke is coming out of her ears. I went full two weeks lady from Total Recall. My head opened up and there's a little Schwarzenegger head inside and I'm losing my mind. Wait, keck medical. Now, is that your insurance provide this is a fascinating interview is that your insurance yeah, people provider? love insurance talk they love uh, just getting into the nitty-gritty of uh i like it i'm on a ppo uh Ooh. this is through my union i was recommended the uh, keck medicine and then my uh general doctor uh he started a podcast and then i never heard from him again i am i'm sorry i have to jump out my window the pills ain't working i gotta go <laughs> I think, and and I want to talk about your podcast, but I really think that I, I'm willing to even stop this podcast in order for there to be less podcasts on the planet. Like, I think that the podcast carbon footprint <laughs> is what's killing the planet. It probably is. It's like Earth's dirty little secret. We <laughs> It's because now every every person's given one at birth, that and yeah. the Gmail address. <laughs> and uh, you... Uh, there there are probably too many at this point. There are way too many. I was just thinking genuinely, though, like all the power that goes into the microphone stand, like the mics and the laptops. It's like our own crypto. <laughs> like we are burning the Brazilian rainforests to, for me to be like, now, what insurance plan? Is it by the Scientology Center? People really care about this. Let's talk about it. Like nobody gives a shit. Um and yet we have them. Yet we're part of the problem. Why is that? We're part of the. I'm happy to be part of the problem. You know, I'm recycling. I'm not littering. I'm trying oh. to be responsible in most areas. So I think I, I think I, you and I can do a podcast. That's right. It's. Really, I think we help people at the end of the day. I brush my teeth. I show up on time. I, I'm doing a lot of things that are, you know, uh, the right thing. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, I'll still go to hell, but uh, yeah. at least uh, I think for now I can justify the uh, absolute energy suck my podcast is. It's I think that's right. Melting the ice caps. Listen, we're all going to go in 20 years. I'm grateful I made it to the age that I'm at Ugh. without burning alive. Like, I'm like, well, lucky me. Like the last generation Truly. before we're physically scorched by the sun. Right. We got to experience a little bit of joy on this planet. Yeah. And 
then we're going to get to experience the the raw thrills of kind of the Mad Max of whatever it becomes. <gasps> Will you be like in my little, it's like Burning Man. Will you be in my camp or whatever they call it? Of course. <gasps> That'd uh, absolutely. Be fun. Oh, now I'm excited for the apocalypse. I think Joe Mandy is in our <laughs> camp. I talked to him about that, but that was for a different reason. Um, wait, so yeah, do you know what your doctor's podcast was about? No, I didn't uh, care to ask. I was there to have my blood checked and I and, uh, <laughs> find out what my cholesterol was. I didn't want to know about a podcast. I find it really weird when I go to the doctor, which I'm obviously paying out of pocket, where they want to know what you do for work. And I never know how to answer that because it's like... I don't want to be like radio host or podcaster because then and I have done that. And the amount of questions they get so excited. I'm going to Google you. They, it's like a whole. Do you lie <laughs> when you go in? What do you put down so that they just like check your blood and push you out? I see that's I'm in a, in a weird place right now where like because I think especially in L.A. when I tell people like I'll tell a, a dentist or whatever that I'm a writer. I'm like, I feel like. I, I'm obviously not going to stand there and prove it to them. So I feel like they're like, oh, that's nice. Like they're, they're probably like, oh, I'm sure oh. he thinks he's doing that. And it's like, no, I, occasionally I get paid to do these things, but I don't. I, so now it's this weird insecurity where I'm like, I'm telling them this thing that they probably don't even believe. They just think that I'm some loser sitting, you know, and uh, not a loser. Listen, For it's a, a loser. Time, I wasn't working. Earth Cafe. <laughs> I, how many... Scripts have I seen unfinished manuscripts <laughs> on people's old ass MacBooks at the Earth Cafe. Okay, that's <laughs> that. That's why I had to leave L.A. because L.A. like reeked of so much professional desperation, and Oof. and in the profession that I'm it's in, rough. you know. So it's not like if it was all uh, carpenters. I'd be like, right. poor guys and ladies, I feel bad, but I would feel great when it's in the thing that you do. And when you are unemployed in L.A., there is actually no worse place to be an unemployed artist than Los Angeles because you are oh, part the of the river of bodies there. It's excruciating. Yeah. I did it for years and years. And then so when I'm at the dentist and I say I'm a writer, I'm like, oh, they think I'm just this desperate, clawing, floundering person, which I basically am. Yeah. Uh, but like... It, I, I just need to think of a maybe I just say I'm in marketing or something and then but then I'm not a good liar and so then it's like they start asking questions about marketing and I'm like now what do I do now it turns into a Nathan for you episode where you're doing this dental <laughs> practices marketing campaign you have absolutely no experience at all but they've turned to you they're just like we have we've got a guy and he's amazing and he doesn't he's not charging as much two crowns two crowns a month that's all he wants <laughs> Richard, I don't know if you follow Martha Stewart's personal account on Instagram. Do you follow it? Oh, Michelle. Here we go. Well, first of all, I just want to check it really quick because I did notice recently that I don't know if she changed her name, but I think there, yeah, there's a, or I'm just noticing it for the first time. Her name on it says Marthak Stewart. Wait. Have you noticed this? Hold on a minute. <laughs> it does go to say Marthak. <laughs> And I've been following her for years, uh, and this is the first time I've noticed it. I, maybe her middle name starts with a K, and but it, it, Martha and Marthak are two very different sounding words. Marthak is like an amazing magician at a Vegas steakhouse <laughs> who shows up. Oh, the, hi, it's the amazing Marthak, like it's Smokehouse, you know, does a little thing. Um, Marthak is like the third in charge on a UFO. It's, uh, <laughs> exactly. Um, middle management. But, on the UFO, <laughs> who's just like, fuck, I hate. Who would the main guy be? You're smart. Gendroid. <laughs> I knew uh, you'd have something. God bless you. Yeah, go on. <laughs> but yeah, we're following her. And uh, 
let's say a Princess Peony has been killed. Bridger, I'm in bed a couple nights ago. I open up the gram as I do. I think my screen time is up to 27 hours a day. I don't ever put my phone down. Like I, oh, my phone, it's, I'm, my brain is rotted. I have the TikTok ticks, you know, the teenagers who are getting, they're watching so much TikTok. They're developing like Tourette's. I have it. Anyway, she posts a picture for those who missed it. And it's on her personal account, Martha Stewart 48, of three workers on her property. I don't know who. Um, One has a wheelbarrow We'll get to that in a minute. And one is digging an open hole in the mud, God knows where, on her property. Now, I, and I'm going to read the caption and then we're going to dissect it. Because I thought, oh, it's Martha. So they're probably planting artichokes or, you know, it's the season (laughs) for jokes, you know, whatever it is. It says, burying the beautiful and unusual Princess Peony. So, of course, I thought it was a peony. There we go. Thought it was a flower, didn't you? (laughs) Oh, that's really amazing. Unusual. The four dogs mistook her for an interloper and killed her defenseless little self. I will miss her very badly. R.I.P. Beauty. Um, a couple things. When I die, I want you to post this exact post on my Instagram. I want this little hole. I want the cat bones. I feel like I and I love cats. Just for the record. I feel like I see the cat in in the wheelbarrow. If you look, let me. I'm gonna look on my phone because I want to really get an in depth look at this uh, body situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, some. <laughs> <laughs> this is obviously not the first body that's been buried on Martha's property, but <laughs> that's um, exactly funny and right. Yes. Yeah, the guys were, they had a whole system like grab the wheelbarrow. It's happened again. They were not, they don't seem phased at all by digging a grave for a dead (laughs) calico Persian cat in Martha's backyard. It seems like just another day at the Martha compound. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm looking here. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's a little, it's a little hole. You know, I once, um, Bridger, saw James Brown's dead body on stage at the Apollo Theater. It's a great story. Oh my God. And the one thing I took away from it was that, um, obviously, it was an incredible sight to behold. Right, but of course. He was so little, that little talent of a man. I didn't realize he was small. James Brown? I always, I mean, he's such a presence on stage. True. No, he was like a mini Bruno Mars. He was like Bruno Venus. I had no idea. Tiny, a little uh, sweet. I'm sure he, I don't know his history because people are going to now DM me like with things. Right, of course. Uh, How about this? Brilliant talent, uh, 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 trailblazer. What are the words we use? Okay, here we go. Trailblazer, an innovator. Child's coffin. Okay, it was a child's coffin. And so when I, it was the littlest tiny coffin, I was like, I can't, the whole thing was very strange. But seeing this little hole just brought me back to um, James Brown's little body. May he rest in peace. Now, what do we think of the death of Princess Peony? And by the way, as a follow-up, she posted, I think like within the hour, a close-up picture of Princess Peony, who, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, looks like she knows what's coming. Look at her face. <laughs> There's fear in those eyes. There really is. She's like, There's how no could joy. you? How could you let this happen to me? I also love this caption on this photo, which just says, this was this was the Princess Peony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way. So cold. Open with that. How about you open with the dead cat before showing us the grave, the grave of this animal? I, 
I know that she's like, uh, listen, she's a legend in so many ways. She's Martha. So we love Martha, obviously. I would love to oh, meet her. Yes. Love. Um, but this this pushed it for me. And the fact that her dogs, her two chows and two French bulldogs, well, who do you think was leading the charge? The bulldogs? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ripped this cat to pieces. That And that, uh, the caption on the grave photo, I thought was so interesting, where she, the dogs mistook her as an interloper. So it's basically Martha saying that all interlopers on her estate will justifiably be killed. That's, That's right. what I'm getting out of this. You know what? Actually, I didn't think about it, but you're absolutely right, where it means that these dogs have 100 percent mauled probably rabbits and chipmunks or whatever children men Kids. women uh anyone that makes the mistake of accidentally stepping on that estate has just been mauled to death by i would can i be honest if i were to get killed by a ta- pack of dogs i would only want it to be french bulldogs with their flat little faces <laughs> how funny would that be <laughs> just pushing up against you it would take hours <laughs> I'm just like these little scamps as they chew my body <laughs> just into an oblivion. Um, well, I, R.I.P. Princess Peony. I mean, I um, I was just truly blown away by yeah, the calculated coldness of this death. What do you think? Mar- like truly in the moment when Martha learned the cat had been killed, what do you think her emotional reaction was to that? Because I can't imagine it was like a, like a normal person. Well, she's a multi-zillionaire wasp. You know, she's um, like a Nancy Myers movie condensed into a body, basically. <laughs> and so I don't picture her crying easily. Uh, and I'm not a big crier, so like I'm not judging her for that. But I could just see her kind of being like, well, that's a shame. Oh, that's such a shame. <laughs> right? I mean, does that mean to like yeah. guess how she grieved? It is. But what do you think? I, I feel like the, the somebody probably came in presented her with this news and she just like ground her back molar in a split second no one even noticed and then she moved on with her day <sighs> nothing was said she probably was like oh, well, i'll post about it later yeah uh, but the emotional reaction was like you just cl- clench your teeth and move them slightly that was her reaction I'll say this, that she, I mean, I'm frightened of her. I I have seen her in person. I had dinner near her at, I think, Polo Bar or something, and everybody stopped to kiss her ring. It was amazing to watch. Like, oh, oh, so chic. Is she small? Um, She was seated. um, So I just saw her head. I would say average sized head. She seems tall to me, though. There are certain celebrities who are tall energy, tall energy. You know who's tall? I always say this because it surprised me when I um, interviewed her. Mariah Carey is very tall. Really? Yes. I would have said 5'2". Five 5'9". Five Whoa, she's yep. a very tall woman. Tall woman. You would never know. She has totally fooled the world. And then she puts on heels. So in heels, she's like six feet, six one. I'm six one. We were almost eye to eye. I, I was shocked when wow, she walked I would have up. never guessed. Yes. You were like, oh, I thought you were 6'5 to me. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> No, I'm six one. That's okay. Don't worry about. Don't worry about little me. I'm fine. No, but I feel like Martha is. Um, she's got a tall. She's got a cold. You know who she is? She's the grandmother in Flowers in the Attic to me. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right. She's got. I mean, she's basically exactly that person. Arsenic donuts, honey. Like if she offers you that yes. powdered donut, go fuck your sister and then say no. Remember that book <laughs> when the siblings fucked? You never read Flowers in the Attic. I'm familiar with it, and I've seen part of, also seen part of the, was it Lifetime adaptation? 
Yes. But I need to read the book. It feels uh, like a real cultural touchstone that I'm missing out on. I got to tell you, imagine me, 10 years old, 5'10", (laughs) 5'11". I mean, it was massive. Reading Flowers in the Attic, because I love to read, so I read this book, and it was a thick book, even though it was written for like five-year-olds, so you felt Mm -hmm. adults like reading it. Right. And there's a scene, spoiler alert, the book came out in the 70s, I think. There's a scene where... The, the all these children are trapped in the attic and they're all like hot kids like it's very clear from the way that she describes them that it's like the Von Trapp family like blonde blue eyed beautiful Aryan white children <laughs> and at one point the brother pins the sister to the floor and fucks her and oh my god it's shocking it's shocking even now saying it but imagine I'm like 11 I mean I don't remember how old I was but I was I remember thinking, oh, my God, if my parents found out that I'm reading this, it was so it's actually insane that she put that in the book. It's crazy. And the book is for children. Well, it's for a children of a certain ilk. You know, I'm an old soul, I would say. So, like, I remember I made my dad take me to the bookstore because I read some review of Anais Nin's diary, which not realizing that she was like a full prostitute, like sex author whatever and my dad was so supportive but I was like 13 and I was like I'm here to buy um a nice ninja you know and they were like uh we're, we don't have it and then I googled it and it was it's a filthy book about but that's when you're young you want to read about right. those things growing right, up in course, Utah you want what were uh, that's a good question actually <laughs> look at me I'm a podcaster <laughs> like your doctor what were your sexual awakening moments growing up do you remember because in utah i bet it was so confusing right because it's uh it's such an unbelievably sheltered uh upbringing especially when you're closeted where and you're also told that uh being gay is not a real thing Mm. that that's like an imagined thing so it was i mean it was very confusing i will say my first uh crush uh movie crush was flounder the dolphin and little little mermaid deeply attracted to this yellow fish uh then like crush wise or like sexual awakening is such a good question it's uh because you i would really just shove that stuff down Mm. to a point like probably like ac slater saved by the bell interesting you saw him shirtless a lot of the time yeah uh who else was happening it's it was one of those things where you would just like, as soon as you had the thought, you would push it away. And wow. so it's like, um, and then he was always taking his shirt off. That's like cruelty to you. I never even thought about it. Slater. Oh, yeah. Nonstop. Just, uh, he had to be the like, uh, target of so many just young gay fantasies. Oh my God. Oh right? goodness. Yeah. I mean, that show was kind of really built for young gay people because you loved all of the girls. The, they were all doing fun things. And you had AC Slater taking a shirt off nonstop. It was very campy. Screech. Yeah. It was a very gay, gay I never show. loved Saved by the Bell um, and Screech Dustin Diamond, who I'm pretty sure isn't alive anymore. R.I.P. R.I.P. Right. Which is horrible. It's actually shocking to say it. Um, I once almost got fired because of him. Uh, that's a story really? for another pod, perhaps. Yeah, but... Oh, my God, I have to hear about that. I think he slapped someone, Kimberly Locke, who was an American Idol contestant. Okay. They were on some VH1 show, and I think he hit her with a dildo. Oh. And I blogged about it, because that's what I did for work. Pause for right, laughs. Right, And um, he, like, wouldn't board a private plane. He wouldn't do press because of this, like, dildo story. <laughs> And I, and they literally the boss called and there was two people who did that him and uh, Taylor Swift a young Taylor Swift 
her wow. mother called to complain about something I wrote about her, which wasn't even mean, funny enough. But um, wow, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Wow, early uh, early fame and late fame, I, I guess, on the other side of it. Yeah, Vicious. Justin Diamond seemed like a very uh, troubled person. Yes. So, but I guess being Screech and then having nothing can do that to a person. And that's our show. Can you imagine if we ended on that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm anyway, like, that's our my show. brain is like half wow. of my brain is like sexual awakening. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? And I'm just uh, really coming up with. Are we around the same Jonathan age? Taylor Thomas. You're younger than me. I feel like we're. But the names you're saying, I think we're in the same age right. bracket. I mean, I was like within the 90s, like yeah. mid 90s is probably around the period when I was starting to like, uh, you know, develop sexual feelings. awakening wise. But yeah. then there was like another deeply confusing thing for me culturally was the absolute love for Leo Di- DiCaprio, wow. uh, who I have never found attractive. You know, it's funny uh, when I saw I was actually going to ask you about Titanic when you said mid 90s, because obviously that is like the touchstone film for oh, yes. our people in our age bracket. Um, I remember seeing Titanic and this really says so much about um, me, but I had a huge crush on Victor Garber. Like I remember watching, I was oh, yeah, 14, 13 years old and I was watching it just like, <laughs> okay, y'all can keep him. Leo, like have fun in the fog car. I'm going to be in the captain's quarters with that guy. Like that's who I like. Yeah, that's way more my speed. You no, know, genuinely. And I think the other crush I had was like Kevin Spacey in American Beauty. Like I was a fucked up like I'm such a little deranged choices. <laughs> They're deranged. I know. It's crazy. When I remember when I found out Kevin Spacey was gay, forget sexual predator. When I found out he was gay, which was I was like really upset. I was like, what? Like just completely shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was like, oh Leo, no, no, no. But I'll tell you this, Leo and the Departed, and this also says a lot about me, to me. Is where I can really. That's where it works. It's it really worked for me there. But Titanic Very interesting. didn't do it for you, or did? He's always for me. Leonardo DiCaprio has always looked like a sick kitten. I see that. Just like like kind of a big that big head, and there's just kind of a a mild sickness yeah. uh, where I feel like he wakes up in the morning and his eyes are all crusted over. I hope I'm not ruining this uh, everyone else, no. this man for everyone else. I but. was just thinking, I hope he doesn't sneak onto Martha Stewart's property because that would be an absolute <laughs> tragedy. <laughs> this was Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Interloper. The, the dog mauls to death. There's like another grave next to Peony for Leo. Um, <laughs> And Leo in his old crust eyes. I know what you mean. He is quite feline in the face. You're right. Yeah, very feline. And so it just never worked for me. And so uh, as I my sexual awakening was happening and everyone was screaming about how attractive he was, I was like, what am I? Uh, I don't understand what I am. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Huh. Very interesting. And then, you know, I think once I got into like late middle school, high school, there was a true clamping down on like the gay thing is uh, we're not thinking about this at all. Were there so can I ask, were there women that you like actresses or or did you ever date a woman? I dated a woman in my 20s in Los Angeles. Well, I I need to know everything because... Um, if there's one thing LA has, by the way, and I'll say this, it's plenty. What if it was me and that woman was me? No, but there are plenty. I would have dated you in LA. I was so desperate in Los Angeles. It was, 
it is like a, a male desert out there to just find someone Ooh. who is not like a personal trainer or dumb as shit. <laughs> you know, it was really um, hard times in L.A. So I, I could feel see that terrible for all the single women in my life. Where I'm like, I am. I'm like, I know I've, we've got to find you a decent uh, man, uh, and there aren't any. Like I'll be like, I'm. I need to start a spread uh, spreadsheet uh, to keep track of decent male, no potential partners. There aren't any. No. There simply aren't. New any. York and L.A. are done. There are no valuable single men. I'm being serious. In New York or Los Angeles, it's wild. Uh, it's true. And then, uh, for example, me dating a woman. Uh, yeah. She. Uh, it didn't work out. Uh, we had a perfectly nice time. It was like kind of a last ditch effort on my part. Where it was like, I've got to date at least one woman before I mm. admit to myself that I'm gay. And then I ended up dating two women. Really? Uh, and then really felt like, oh, now what I'm doing is deranged. I don't enjoy this. I'm wasting everyone's time. Uh, and they were both perfectly wonderful. Of course, they were fantastic and lovely. Are you friends with uh, them still? Smart. Uh, we're like acquaintances. Okay, that's nice. Uh, neither thing ended badly because How I obviously it? just uh, let them down and let them down gently and it was over. Yeah. Uh, and then I think once I came out, it was like, oh yeah, the, the, the mystery was solved for them immediately. So, But also you're so sweet that even I just can't picture you. Maybe I'm just getting podcast to you, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you were to break up with me, I'd be like, oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's just so sweet. <laughs> I don't know. Just got a good heart. I do have a hard time breaking up with people. Even in seventh grade when I oh, no. uh, went out with a girl, I remember being like breaking up with her, like writing a deeply apologetic letter uh, and feeling terrible, terrible about it for weeks. Uh, but uh, I mean, she lucked out getting out of that relationship. In seventh you know? grade. She got married yes. in ninth, right? Is that how it works? In <laughs> Yeah, she started just, dating a guy a few months later and uh, got hitched. And that's Josie Duggar. No, I don't even know. What are the names of those kids? I actually, there is no There's Josie. There's definitely one named Josie. I mean, they've be. got, you can name any name and it belongs to the Duggar family. Oh no, my battery's going to die. Wait, let's talk about your, that's how you know that this, we're having too much fun. Wait, can we talk about your podcast? Because I love the concept of it. I'm going to say this. This of is course. how we have a built-in timer. I'm at 10% on the laptop. So we'll get from 10% to 2% and that's when we're going to wrap. <laughs> okay. Um, Bridger Weiniger, you have a podcast. This is when I get really professional. Okay. It's called I Said No Gifts, which tell people the concept because I just, it's so brilliant as someone who loves getting things. <laughs> uh, well, it's, uh, it's a show where I will invite people on, guests who I admire, friends, this sort of thing, just for a normal chat. I have a, I hope to have a good time with them talking about whatever we will. And uh, I just say, please don't bring anything. I don't, I don't need anything. I've got it all. <laughs> and uh, so far, I think we've done over 100 episodes. And every time my guest has brought me a gift and we end up having to talk about it. Uh, and it's, uh, so we have a, a, and then we play some games. We answer, answer listener questions. We just, uh, we have a nice, gentle, fun time. Aww. The hope is that nobody uh, walks away from the podcast feeling stressed or having high blood pressure. Uh, and then, you know, we get to talk about whatever the guest brings on. Sometimes the guest will bring something that they're really excited to talk about. Sometimes they'll bring something they think is funny. Uh, 
And now my home is just, you know, we're in my back office here and behind me, I don't know if you can see just shelves of items that I have no use for other than decor. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to have a yard sale or something. It's some like point. a hoarder's dream pod because you're right. saying to people, bring me your garbage. Like, I bring me your funniest <laughs> garbage. That should be the name of the show. <laughs> bring me your funniest garbage because, you know, I'm sure people have brought you like nice things because you're a very lovely. I have gotten person. some things that I use in my daily life. Oh, like that what? Like I find really beautiful. A friend gave me a car garbage can, which has changed everything for Wait, me. How about not bring me your trash? They brought you the trash can. Bring me your trash yes, can. Unbelievable. To put all of my other gifts in. Wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the really. It's very funny. Uh, comedy writer John Milstein brought me this garbage can recently. Uh, Mitra Johari came on the show Love and her. brought me. The most lovely ceramic cat. Uh, it's like shaped like a little cat lady, uh, <laughs> but it's a creamer for coffee. And it truly, I was like, I'm. Lo- this is going to make me cry. It was so cute. I saw uh, it on your Instagram, and it is. I love it. It is actually quite cute, and especially as someone who likes. I don't want to say garbage because I like to think I have some taste, but I like. Um, God, if I say the two words animal figurines, what happens? If I say that I like animal figurines, like, hmm, I have to think about whether we're going to leave that in the final edit or not, because I don't know if I love that for me. But I do have a shelf like I have in my old New York apartment. I had a mini glass menagerie shelf of like, my God, yes, just one little one, like but like one behind you right now, but just it had like um, cat salt and pepper shakers, like, you know, just like little Uh things that made me laugh. Um, so I really, it spoke to me what she brought you. Actually, yeah, those I love things it. have their place. You can't let them take over your whole home. That's when it becomes oh. a problem. But when you have a dedicated little space where you acknowledge yes. that they're not exactly your taste, but you love how cute they are or how silly they are, it's really wonderful. But yeah, that's the show. And then we just have a, a nice time. We have some fun guests and do a lot of fooling around. And I, I just always hope that the guest talks more than me. Because I listen to some podcasts and they oh stress me out where I'm like, the host won't stop talking. And this is not what I'm talking I about. I literally, a, you're looking at me not, as you're saying no, it. this is not I your am, show, Michelle. This is not your show. And I want to be very clear. It's always men. It's, I hate to say it. It's always men hosts and they talk over their guests. And it's, it, I'll be like, oh, I want to listen to this guest. And then I get to listen to the host. And it's too much for me. So Are you sure to be on it's a show not like me? Because as to you be on just a show like this is such a and now I feel like I'm talking too much. Even in this no. moment, where I'm like Michelle should be talking more. Now I feel like every breath that I inhale into my lungs, it's like when my no, no, personal no, 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 no. trainer was there. I'm like I, because you know I don't want to talk over you even at all because your voice for me is a balm on my problems. It is <laughs> uh, it it fills in all the brain crevices of worry for me. It it just like. <laughs> You have a such a soothing, lovely oh. way about you. And um, I would have to just absolutely self-harm if I ever spoke over you. I would hate that. <laughs> you are a truly, and I'm not just saying this because we're here in the moment. I've, I've been on a lot of podcasts at this point, and a lot of them have been painful experiences. This has been so lovely. Oh, my God, Bridge. And can I just say thank you? Because you were so we had to reschedule with you, which we really never do that. And you were so sweet. And I don't really know you. If it was someone I knew, I'd be like, look, this is what's happening. But I was like, he's going to hate me. It's like, you know, and when I see you in person, no, no, no. I want to buy you. I don't know if you drink or not or whatever. Maybe you like, I know where we're going. Del Taco. Anything we're going you want. To Del Taco and Taco Bell. 
Bell. Wait, we'll get our Mountain Dew at Taco Bell. We'll go to Del Taco (laughs) for our tacos. That's the podcast. When you have me on your podcast, hint, hint. Yes. um, uh, Which has to happen. It's coming. um, I I know what I'm bringing you, obviously. So oh, I can't wait. I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'll say this. It'll be nice and soggy and you're going to fucking love it. <laughs> that's what I'll say. But that's going to leave a lot to the imagination <laughs> until that fateful day when I get to come on your podcast. But um, I just I, w- I hope you have the best day today. How many guesses did you get today's Wordle in? Let's end on that. That's like a fun one. I haven't I haven't done today's Wordle because I had a breakfast meeting. So oh my that, God, that still lies in front of me. Wait, actually, though, I feel like now. I almost want you to do it live, but my laptop will not make it. I'm oh at seven percent now. And the stress, the pure stress. Oh, of doing it. Someone said, "Oh, we should. They should have like live Wordle meetings." I'm like, "No, fucking no. no. I don't want that." No, no, no. I had to that curse. Completely miserable. Um, I said no gifts. We didn't even talk about the slap. That's how you know I'm a professional. It also happened over a week ago. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean- should we talk about the ice bucket challenge? That's always what I go to when it's like something outdated. I'm like, you know who we need to talk about? I was thinking Dupacus. about the ice bucket challenge. I'm not kidding. Last night. Were you? About, I was thinking, what a stupid point in history on these challenges. These Bill Gates is doing the, Mark Zuckerberg is doing the ice bucket challenge. I mean, I guess it was, it was for a very good cause. But, but was it though? Challenges. Did they cure ALS or whatever they were dunking their heads in ice water for? Where was for? the money going? I, I, that was a period in time when you could just get money. Send money places and you had no idea. No idea. Remember the cinnamon challenge? I said no (laughs) gifts. Uh, Bridger Weiniger, please come back anytime. I just really had so much fun with you. And um, he's a Libra. That's why we get along. I'm a Libra moon baby. (laughs) Oh, you're a Libra. Libra moon, cancer, sun. Oh. So a sensitive gal. I'm a, I'm a sensitive gal myself. I that's why we connect, honey. Because I'm a, I have all the craziest, and I'm a Gemini rising, which is why I'm also unbearable. Follow Bridger um, <laughs> at Bridger underscore W on Twitter and at Bridger Weiniger on Instagram. And um, I just adore you. Thank you so much for doing the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Hopefully, we'll get to cross paths in person at some point soon. Okay, I hope so. If that means I'm coming on your show, I guess we'll have to. Um, Okay, Michelle. (laughs) All right. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Bridger. And guys, we will see you next week. Thank you. This has been Midnight Snack. I'm Michelle Collins. I guess I'll plug my socials. I never do this, by the way. At Mishkoll, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. People have already turned this off. So really, I'm just wasting our time. And that's (laughs) it. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Midnight Snack is an Earwolf production, executive produced by me, Michelle Collins. Our producer is Anita Flores, and our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. Special thanks to my friend Dan Acton. You can listen to our ad-free episodes on Stitcher Premium. For a free one-month trial, use the code SNACK. Please rate and review Midnight Snack and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can follow us on Twitter at MNightSnackPod. That's M-N-I-G-H-T-S-N-A-C-K-P-O-D. I love spelling. Midnight Snackers, we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, questions, or topics we should chat about. You can leave us a voicemail on our party line at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at MidnightSnack at Earwolf.com. For more of me, tune into The Michelle Collins Show live weekday mornings from 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Radio Andy, Sirius XM 102, and on the Sirius XM app. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mishkoll, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things. Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.